welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your lovely host, Richard Dotson, and uh, along beside me here, directly across, my uh, co-host, uh, my fellow nerd, my uh, my amigo, Matt O'Hara. Wow, that was me. That was painful. Come on, spit it out, man. Well, you know, and sometimes I'm trying <laughs> to build you up before I tear you down. That was a horrible build-up, man. Last year, we had, uh, <laughs> last year, 365 days ago, uh, we agreed on a lot. Yes. Last week on the quarterbacks, we didn't agree on much whatsoever. No, and you know, obviously, I was right and you were wrong. So eh, probably we'll not. figure all probably that out not. later. Yeah, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to be a fantasy stuff muffin. I mean, we'll see. Um, if you didn't, if you didn't catch it, go back and listen. Tune back, tune back. That's what we're here for, man. If this you is... if you've ever wanted to hear two friends argue, um, we didn't really argue. No, I was just say we didn't argue. Slight disagreements here and there. No, very, very. Uh, mature debates yeah, indeed but we move on from the quarterbacks which is the hardest to grade out of all of them because listen we're not nfl gms i mean we could be obviously no i mean uh, i mean obviously so much of the quarterback um game is mental as well like uh they have to be able to process information quickly all that type of stuff and that's you know you can only gather so much from watching tape you, and then and it's really hard to know how how much of a knucklehead these guys are so a lot of times that ends up being the deciding factor on whether these guys have success in the NFL. Word to your Aunt Jemima. Yeah, now, yeah. one thing we have had pretty high success that we've staken our uh, stakes on here at Dynasty Nerds is we've really kind of uh, been pretty successful at nailing these running backs over these last couple of years. Okay. Which just totally jinxed us because now we're due to be wrong on every single guy we're talking about. Yeah, so basically you just – Saquon Barkley is just going to be a, a turd, right? I mean, remember last year we had uh, Kareem Hunt – Way up there, we did. Way up there, mm-hmm. um, probably not as high as we should have, but right, you know, after Joe Mixon, we said Cream Hunt's the man, and we get. I think we said like there's a possibility why he could be a better fantasy asset than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, sure. Um, so we get back into here today at the 2018 running backs. It feels just like yesterday, Matt. We were talking about how great Dalvin Cook was and how what a good of class that was, and obviously last year's class way better than this year's class. Um, I would, I would, uh, yeah, that's it's an all timer. No, that's fair. Yeah, because that was just a ridiculous class. Yeah, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. It was, I mean, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it was soon it was, to be Joe Mixon back right, on the map. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on, Matthew. Can I? All right. It was get just like nerd. that. Oh my god. All what? right. Nothing. I just can't get a word in. Go ahead. No, I feel what like. Was it like? Um, it was some. It was something special. It was like the 2014 wide receiver class, but for running backs, correct? And tight ends, basically. Now, we've been building this class up as being a super deep, fantastic class. Fantastic. That's what we've been saying for about 10 months now, right? So here we are finally into the tape. Finally into it and digging deep. Now, we're going to put a little asterisk on this because, remember, we do this twice, before the draft and after the draft. Mm -hmm. We're not fully done on the back half of the running backs. So... You know, I'm a little bit of, you know, I'm not fully done on Royce Freeman. I'm not fully done on Mark Wallen. I'm not fully done on John Kelly, Kellen Ballage. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I need a little bit more tape on these guys to mix them in here. But the consensus here amongst the dynasty community, and for the most part amongst us, I don't think it's going to change too much, is we have the top six 
rookie running backs, right? Like it's pretty locked in. Yeah, right. I think um, I think today we got a, a, we're going to cover seven, right? Right. We're going to try to. Yeah, we're going to try to cover seven. Um, you know, if we can get this last guy in here or not, because we differ. You and I differ only on two different fellows here, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty good. Which is, I like it when we agree because I feel more confident, even more confidence into what I believe and what my picks is when we both come uh, on the same page here because. You know, I right, respect your right, opinion, right. and it helps me with my opinion. Sometimes I change your mind, and sometimes you change my mind, uh, and it's for the better. But what I've learned with this class is, one, it's not an overly deep pass-catching class, you know, like a, or let me put it this way, like a three-down potential class. It's either, hey, this guy's a nice two-down back, or this guy's be more of a pass-catching back, or this guy's just get him in some open space and he can cause some damage kind of running back. But for me, I think landing spot is going to really shake up these rankings this year in 2018 where you know last year it didn't matter what team some of these guys went to like we were going to love these guys i think after we get out of these top four or five guys here i think landing spot's going to really set up either a significant drop down or a significant boost to some of these guys in their rankings you know i like chase for i like uh chase edmonds Right. Out of Fordham. Out of Fordham. But I want to see where it lands, you know, and it, in a really good spot, he's going to get a boost to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Mar- Mark Wall. I think Bo Scarborough, somebody in a good spot, could get a nice bump. Royce Freeman, you know, there's there's some stuff going on with him. Uh, Hines out of NC State. There's some guys on his back end that right. have some really good talent here. He had a really nice pro day, the Hines, as well. So. Yeah, so these are guys that we like that, one, I need to watch a little bit more tape on, but then, two, let's see where they land. And after we go through this our initial rookie breakdown of our initial stand-ins, we always say don't hold it to us because let's see where they go after the draft where we finally give you our bold – we go through our that, – that's when we do our rookie mock draft, uh, four rounds we go through and explain why we take these players where they are. And we give our overall rankings after that as well. And, of course, in the meantime, if you want to see my rankings, make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com, click on Rookie Rankings, boom, shakalaka, there they are. Boom, boom. So let's get into this class, shall we? The 2018 rookie class. Now, we both unanimously agree that Saquon Barkley is the 1-1. Not only do we agree with this, but the entire world of Dynasty agrees with this. I was playing poker last Friday night, and we were in a Dynasty league with one of our friends uh, by the name of Cheese, who... um, He's in a league, but he's in, you know he's, he does it casually. I was say he's not the most active guy, right? No, 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 not at all. And he looks at me and goes, "Hey, Richard, who do you think's going one one this year's uh, rookie draft?" And I looked him dead in the eye, and I'm like, "You silly man, you stupid." Uh, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "Denny, no matter what format you play in fantasy football, whether it be only one running back who only gets one point for every so so and so something, and you can start eight quarterbacks." The number one pick in every draft class will be Saquon Barkley. Running back, Penn State, Nittany Lions, six foot, 233 pounds, still managed with all that spectacular muscle. He's a beefcake, too. Him and I see eye to eye on this. Uh, ran a 4-4 flat 40. Yes, he did. That's super fast. People. That's very fast. For a man of that caliber size, that's super fast. Yes, he is. Um, this is a guy that did a 40-inch vert, 29 reps on the bench press. He is a physical specimen. Spe- specimen. Specimen. And I said this, I think, like five months ago. I said uh, my Saquon Barkley comp was LaDainian Tomlinson. That's who he reminds me of. That kind of 
his running style, athleticism, where Ladane Thompson wasn't an overly powerful running back. He was he had a nice built body too. And right, and neither is Saquon Barkley for a guy that's you know, two hundred and thirty three pounds. He doesn't have a lot of power to his game. So no. I, I can see that I can see that part of the comp for sure. Yeah, he's when you say it's you might as well let's get this out of the way. So what are the negatives about Saquon Barkley? Because there's only a couple. And like you mentioned, one of them is he's not a pile driver. He's no. not overly – for how big he is and how strong he looks. And obviously you've seen all the workout videos that you know mm-hmm. that go viral and all that kind of stuff. He's not a powerful runner. Yeah. Um, Sometimes they, they he likes to be patient behind the line. Sometimes he can be a little bit too patient. That That is one of the – that's one of the knocks that I would say um, – you know, he he dances a little almost in the backfield and, and takes some negative he takes some negative yardage type Easy of fix. Carries. Right. Easy fix. Yeah, uh, I agree. A couple couple uh kicks in the ass right there saying get up field. Right. And sometimes he has a problem of looking to try and make that home run play. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's by the dancing and stuff. Yes. I, that's what I think he's looking for. I think he's looking for, you know, breaking the twenty, thirty, you know, forty yard run when really he just needs to bang it in there and, and get those three to four yard grinder type of runs. And those are petty Right. Extremely petty. Oh, yeah. This guy is, we're not going to say generational running back because that's just end of fact. You, we've had Zeke come out. We've had Fournette come out. We've had Gurley come out. Okay. They're all extremely fantastic. When Zeke Elliott came out, I said, this guy has the potential to be the number one, one dynasty rookie back today. We're doing the same podcast right now, two years ago. And then a lot of people kind of jumped down my throat on this one. Um, I think I backed it up pretty well, saying you know why Zeke was going to be the one one coming mm-hmm. into the league year, and I gave the reasons why on everybody else. I'm not saying that about Saquon Barkley, and it's not any case against Saquon. It's just right now we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. The running back talent is at an all time high over the last six seven years. Right. right now, I mean, you say all the guys you already mentioned, and then you throw in Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. You know, Christian McCaffrey from last year. I mean, some other guy, Le'Veon Bell, who I, I mean, who we just kind of like brushed one, over. One. Yeah. Um, what's his name in Arizona? Um, David Johnson. David Johnson. So, I mean, there are, there's a ton of talent right now. Yeah. Like these all around backs that you can just throw out there and have them out there all the time. What more can you ask for from Alvin Kamara? Right. What more do you want out of a running back? Right. That's why, like, why would you even trade Alvin Kamara for 1 1? You have the proven thing. Why even bother? Now, that being said, Saquon Barkley, I, like I said, I give him LaDainian Tomlinson comps. LaDainian Tomlinson was the, one of the most dominant fantasy running backs in the history of fantasy football. Where I think Saquon Barkley makes his bread and butter is in the passing game. Yeah, obviously. Yep. So what you get with him is you get a Christian McCaffrey, right, mixed in with uh, – a, a guy who could run between the tackles, like, you know, a LaDane Thompson, a guy who can get to the outside edge. He's a three-down running back. He can pick up the blocks. He yeah. can pass protect pretty right. well. Uh, he's more, ex, you know, explosive or elusive than powerful, like we said. Mm-hmm. Um, his explosion's off the charts. His athleticism's off the charts. And I said, he's really a fantastic receiver of the backfield. That's what really... Gets him going, man. This guy makes one cut, doesn't even slow down in the slightest. He's a true bred football player running back. And again, when we look at overall talent here, and when we're going to talk about some of these guys, we get down here, and what we see, uh, we mentioned, I know we beat a dead horse. We always use Derrick Henry as an example, or a guy like Devon Austin. We said some players are better football players or help NFL teams more than fantasy points. We're always going to judge from that aspect. Now, Saquon Barkley has all pro credential like 
he is that kind of potential. Possibility, potential. Yeah. Yep. So again, where I think he's really going to launch himself into a consistent running back one, potentially three years from now, maybe even next year or two years from now, being the number one one overall fantasy running back is his pass catching ability. This guy can catch the ball so well and get so many big yards out of it where he can catch, he can be that Matt Forte style where he's catching 80 footballs a year and having 800 receiving yards to go on top of 1,200 uh, rushing yards. We're, we're, well, we're looking at what Todd Gurley did last year, which is almost, it's extremely rare with the 2,000 yards. What David Johnson did, mm-hmm. and why we all moved David Johnson up to 1-1 at the running back because of his, what was it about David Johnson? Because he was catching a lot of footballs and had a lot of receiving yards. He was right. a 2,000-yard player. Right. Before he injured his wrist, his his goal was to have 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in 2017. I mean, obviously, it didn't. It never came to fruition, but nobody nobody was like, oh, that that's unobtainable for David Johnson. Everyone was like, oh, I, I totally think, you know, in a Bruce Arians offense, which is what they were in last year, that was obtainable for, um, for, for David Johnson. So, I mean – I think Saquon Barkley is a very uh, capable guy that that's going to be catching, like you said, at least you know floor for him is like 500 yards of receiving on top of whatever he's getting on the on the rushing side, which you know he's obviously capable of getting you know 12, 13, 1400 yards on the ground as well. So no I mean problem. that's I mean you're you're creeping right up into that 2000 yard range pretty easily i think with saquon barkley as long as obviously he stays healthy which you know no indications are that he wouldn't and that's top three overall fantasy running absolutely but you in the top 10 overall amongst quarterbacks everybody as well um do you have some more you want to add here to Saquon barkley i mean i th- i don't i'm not sure how much more we even need to add to be honest yeah. I, I think he's he's you know clear and cut number one easy pick you you have the first pick you just turn that in you don't even I mean, you entertain offers just to see who's going to get crazy. But, I mean, for the most part, you're just going to be turning that in and picking them. Yeah, the most I'd move down is either two, pick one, two, one, three, and that's you giving me a quality player back. Like, yeah. You know, like if somebody came at me and they said, hey, man, I'll give you Devontae Adams in one, three. I'm like, okay, yeah, uh, super fast. Yeah. yeah, give it to me. Right. You know, something along those lines. Hey, I'll give you I'm trying Keen Allen. And, you know, obviously that's crazy because he's a first-round pick too. But something along those lines. Maybe even, like, I'd be tempted with, you know, Hey, I'll give you one, two, and Brandon Cooks. You know, it's kind of like okay, it's because it's still that one wouldn't move the needle for me enough. See, and then here's what we'll get into running backs too. No matter what it is, you always have to look at the running backs. No matter what, with the hashtag two to three or right, window. absolutely. And a guy like Barkley is going to move up to probably a hashtag three to six to seven, potentially longer window. But again, all these guys are literally just you can say about any player, but running backs are just more susceptible to it yep. and injury away. So. Anytime I can look at that one, one, the what I'd have to get back at is I'd have to get a, a good receiver back. You know, obviously I'd give a, I'd give one, one straight up for Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, uh, on those chances, and that's what I'm saying. I've, if somehow I could squeeze Devonte Adams out and another high pick, I would take that deal because I'm taking the 25 year old stud receiver on uh, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, and going to take that one other high pick and get one of these other running backs, which I don't think will be Barkley numbers, but there's a couple guys here that I think won't be too far off because remember the, the differential between running back two and running back five isn't that much in right the grand no yeah on a, on a year-to-year basis right before we move on to number two here where does the where do you have right now Squam Barkley has adp of number the first round overall right around pick number nine through nine through 12 is where he's going in a new startup draft mm-hmm. and i think that's fitting because i would want him there too because at this point you're already missing out on some of these elite running backs 
nowadays the ADP these young run, these running backs are going quick in the first round. So you'd want to get not only that youth because he's only twenty years old. So you're going to get somebody who's really young and has the potential to be the one one overall running back. So other guys took Zeke, other guys took Le'Veon, other guys took Gurley. You can kind of try and jump ahead of that. Get this while you're getting your young receiver coming around on the turn in the second round. No, no, I think that's great. That's a great place for him. Um, if I was in a startup right now, I would actually prefer to be picking in the second, like the back half of the first round. Me too. Because I think you could get one of these great young running backs and still come right back and get a, an awesome, nice wide receiver to yeah. go along with it. So that's where I would prefer to be because you could get a guy like this. Yeah, and sometimes we do things like on cons- we go try and go with consensus as well. Like I have Devontae Adams as a first round startup like i would take him in the first round i yeah. would have no problem taking him over a guy like aj green i'd have no problem doing that no just because of age yeah. but adp wise i would do you know if i paid at the back end of the first round like pick 10 you know i would be smart not to take adams there because even though i have him there and i have him ranked there no one i could most likely get him in the second round so to be a dy- smart dynasty owner i'm not going to overreach my play that's right. where adp comes into being your benefit to see where you can wait an extra round. I have no problem pulling the trigger around early on a guy I love, so I just make sure I get him. But when you come to something like that, you want to make sure. You know, I know Saquon Barkley is not getting past twelve. If you have no, he's not going to get out of the first round. Somebody's, right. you know, you're taking Saquon Barkley and somebody else. Yeah, Most absolutely. likely, you're going to try and snoop, swoop up like Barkley and Kamara. Or same thing, a Michael Thomas, Keen Allen, or Devontae Adams. Yep. So as we move on to the second running back here. Um, which is again, you don't need to spend much time on Saquon Barkley at this point. Everybody knows he's one one. This is where things start to get different. This right. is where things opinions change. This is where our opinions change. Mm-hmm. You have Darius Geis running back out of LSU as your number two overall dynasty rookie. I do, uh, and you feel pretty good about that. I do, yeah, absolutely. I have Sony Michelle as my n- number two overall dynasty rookie running back, and to me, it's not even close. Okay, I, I don't have a problem with that. I have Sony, Sony Michelle really close. Um, so, I mean, I, I I totally get why you have Sony Michelle there. For me, it's almost um, Darius Geis just runs with uh, – he just runs – the way that I envision a running back running, you know, angry, finishing runs, getting through uh, little spaces and, and just having a little bit more contact balance, I guess, getting hit and still being able to run through people and stuff like that. And and I think, you know, he didn't catch a ton of balls at LSU, but they don't really use their running backs like that. No. The, the, the times that I we saw him – We said about Fournette. Right. The, 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 the times I did see him catch the ball, he looked very natural doing it. I don't think he'll have an issue transitioning into a, a, um, a more of a pass-catching role than he had in college in the pros. So from that standpoint, I mean, I, I think that stuff, that kind of stuff will transfer. And, and obviously, depending on where he ends up going, it, it, you know, it'll, it'll determine how much he's used in the passing game. Both guys are going to go to good spots, right. most likely here. And, and you're right, it depends on his passing game usage. We don't have a lot, a lot to go on there, so I kind of knocked him down just a hair for that. For the same reason we knocked Leonard Fournette down. Right, absolutely. For that. And we didn't learn until training camp that he was going to be utilized in the passing game. And he was used good enough where we're like, we were pleasantly surprised with Fournette. Absolutely. Um, so we'll get into Fournette, I guess, here now. And okay, yeah, that's we'll, fine. Again, for me, it's... You mean so- Geis? Geis, yep. yeah. Uh, for me, it is Sony Michelle as hands down number two for me. We'll get into that here shortly. But let's get into Darius Geis running back out of LSU. Uh, who we can safely say is the consensus overall number two running back in this draft. ADP-wise, by multiple different dynasty ventures, actually have Nick Chubb as ADP number three, which is, I don't understand that whatsoever, but 
that's fine with me. Uh, but Darius guys, we don't mind. We don't mind being a little different. No, because we're always a little different, yeah. and we're we're usually the ones that nail it on the head. So Darius guys, running back, LSU, five foot ten, two hundred twenty four pounds, ran a four four nine forty. Like Matt said, his his balance off of contact is fabulous. His power is really good. He has really good speed for the way he runs. He's an angry runner. He's always moving forward. Showed really good uh, lateral agility while running for his size and style. Runs low, real tough to bring down. All right, there's no you're not arm tackling this guy. No, absolutely not. That's why I love watching him on tape, man. He gets real low, mm-hmm. really low. He's got he's yeah he's got great leverage. Yeah, he's got great vision and can move in open field. He's a threat in that 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 aspect. Of I said his. Balance is fantastic, which is really important. It's, it's kind of why we pushed Cream Hunt up so high mm-hmm. last year is because his balance was so good. You can't overestimate that. Not for a guy like we, we did Ronald Jones, who has the complete opposite of that, right? right? Absolutely. Um, we'll get to him later. Yeah, so he's got a really good spin move, Darius, guys. I th- saw that as well. Uh, average 3.97 yards after contact last year. That is tremendous. That's very good. Yep. Tremendous. Now, he's... He, he needs, um, you know, he needs to look so much at the next level. The way he ran in college, the way he ran angry, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I, he needs to get away from that a little bit at the next level. It's just to avoid some of the hits. Yes, and stuff it's, like it's, that. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna bang him up a little bit more. It's just for durability issues, right? Because it's gonna be a little bit harder in the pros where his size, where he is, he's five ten, two twenty four. That's that's a good size in college. It's not as demanding in the NFL. You're saying that's not as like uh, a as, as big of a physical presence. I mean, I think I think 224 pounds, good, especially good. nowadays, is still pretty good because I mean linebackers aren't aren't usually 250 anymore. True. A lot of the times, the linebackers that are hitting them are only 235, 225 pounds themselves. So I mean, really, that's I mean to me, that's more than enough size for a running back. Yeah. Um. Some negatives I saw about. Darius Geis here is on Darius Geis is going to be, you know, he was injured in 2017 a yeah. lot. So his 2016 tape looks bigger, better. You know, for for example, in 2016, he had 11 carries for over 30 yards. That was good for 562 yards, which was actually 41% of his total yardage of 1,387 yards. He only had four of those in 17. He was more of a home run threat in 16 and more of a bruiser in 17. No, I, I mean, I somewhat agree with that. But towards the end of the year, when he was starting to get healthier, you could tell the the burst and the the, the explosion. It came back, and and he looked he looked more physically dominant as well towards the end of the year. So I mean that's I mean that's at least what I saw on tape. I mean you can even look at the the numbers for the most part. You take out the Alabama game where he ran for you know nineteen nineteen times for only seventy one yards. And, and he he averaged over four yards a pop on on every one. He he over. Against uh, Ole Miss, he had over 12 and a half yards of carry. So, I mean, he did have some explosion, mostly towards the end of the year when he was getting healthy. Yeah, I mean, LSU's known for running the ball. They are. They're known for having good a, a good line, too. He did. He wasn't the fastest on the outside edge, I saw as well, getting the outside edge, but he does have enough um, speed to get there. As, I think I think well. he's got enough speed to get yeah, there. Yeah, I'm not worried yeah. about that. It's, I think I think this year the LSU was down a little bit. I don't think their line was as dominant as, as it had been in the past. And but, listen, he's, this guy faced more stacked boxes than anybody in college football as well. You got to remember that. There's being in the say, box every single time for this guy. Their quarterback was just awful. So I mean, we we even we even said that we noticed that when when you're evaluating the wide receivers for LSU. So it's it's pretty tough. Um, 
you know, obviously he's running into the stack boxes a lot. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I like these top three a lot. So, so I. when I say, ooh, it's, to me, it's Sony Michelle easily. Mm-hmm. It's not like I don't like Darius Geis. I think right. if you get him at number three, that's tremendous. I think, I think you want to have a top three pick in this year's draft class. I think that's obviously Saquon Barkley is in a tier of himself, right? right. Yep. I think Michelle and Geis are in the second tier here. That's a pretty high tier mm-hmm. when we're ranking the whole rookie class as a whole. And then when I think you, you, you drop down here, obviously we haven't gotten to the receivers yet. When you get to the guys like Nick Chubb, Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, um, I have Karrion Johnson up there. You don't, but those guys, then you're going to mix in some of these receivers in there as well. But to me, I would, I'm looking to put, you know, for running back wise, I look at this rookie class as, okay, give me five guys with the first five picks as running backs. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me Saquon, give me Sony Michelle. Give me Darius Geis. Give me Nick Chubb. Give me Rashad Penny. And then I will look at Cortland Sutton. Right. I'll look at, you know, DJ Moore. I think I'll look mean, at James Washington. I think that's then. pretty accurate. Yep. And then, you know, in the back half of the first round, maybe I'm going to gamble on some of these running backs and trying to hit pay dirt on a Ronald Jones or Karrion Johnson. I still have Dallas Goddard up there as well. Right. So I think this is a really strong class for running backs in that aspect as much as not as much as the receivers. But, again, we're not at the receiver tape yet. We're still trying to dig in on all these running backs. Right. We're not even done with the second half here. Um, our opinions might change, which sometimes when we get these back ends, we're like, hey, I really like this guy. He's going to move up our charts a little bit. And then we're all said and done. He's a, he's a high second round. Right. He could be very well sneaking into the back back end of the first round. Yep. So Darius Geis, he's, he's going to be a high pick in the NFL draft, maybe late first, high second, no later than that, very high second. If that's going to be the case. But he's one of those guys, when I see him play, he's a good running back. You know what I mean? It's like, that guy's a good running back, kind of like a Marshawn Lynch kind of running back. Not as big as Marshawn. Um, Although, no, I bet you they're pretty similar size, to be honest. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially coming out of college. Oh, yeah, out of Cal. Yeah, you're true. Out of coming out of Cal, Marshawn wasn't. I bet you Marshawn was only in the 215 range coming out of college. Yeah, looking back on it when he was in Buffalo, you're right. He wasn't as big. Right. Now he's a monster. Yeah. You know, when he became beast mode. But Darius Geis is one of those guys that's going to come in and just be a really good running back. But at the same time, if he went somewhere that had, like, you know, same thing, they could kind of stack the box against him, the O line wasn't as good, I'd have more worries about him because. He is. He's one of those bruisers. You he, he, he give him the ball, he runs the football, he's going to get one of those 80 to 120 yards per game for you, hit the pay dirt. Where's, where does the receiving come into ability? You know, that's a big aspect. No, yeah, it definitely, and, and that's, you know, it's going to determine a lot of his value, I think, is where he lands and, and how they're going to end up using him in the passing game. If they have an established passing game back there, I mean, yeah, I think he might slide down a little bit. To a, you know, especially behind a guy like Michelle for me, you know, and, um, and I know you already have Michelle above him, probably for that exact reason. Yeah, and in the right system, like you know, say Darius guys goes to the Browns, right? Really good guards. You have Duke Johnson there to offset him. You know, that's good for him and his rushing ability. Hurts his pass catching ability. It does. It, it hurts know, his yeah PPR. He, he goes to he goes to the right. Detroit Lions. That hurts his pass catching ability. He goes to the Indianapolis Colts. Well, now we're talking a little bit more because now he has a little bit more room to grow into the passing game. In Cleveland, he doesn't have much room to grow. Definitely, they resigned Duke Johnson in the passing game. Right in Detroit, who they re- locked up, Theo Riddick, he, you know, they still have Amir Abdullah there. Doesn't have as much or need to be in a passing game there. If he goes to a place like Seattle, maybe you get a little bit excited. I mean, they don't have anyone established there, and they def- I mean, none of the running backs there are established. There. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and or go, if they go to like Oakland or somebody like that, you know, like 
old, a couple of old guys, you know, mm-hmm. and nobody else established. Giants would be a good spot for right. him. Absolutely. There, even though, you know, the old line's not great, but sign Solder, that'd be a good spot for him as well. But so it, let's look. I mean, right. little things like that won't drop him down because he's talented enough where he's going to be a top three pick no matter where he goes. But might differentiate between you, him, and Sony Michelle for you. I, I agree. Yep. So let's move on to my guy. Right now. Uh, that I have number two overall. A guy who averaged 7.9 yards per carry in 2017. My boy, my homie, Sony Michelle. 5'11, 214 pounds, ran a 4'5, 440. Uh, he'll be 23 when he's drafted. This guy is third overall all time uh, in Georgia history running in yards. He's behind Nick Chubb, and he's behind Herschel Walker. That's it. Now, I said this over a month ago. Uh, I mean, it was the Alabama game, that you know, those playoff games that really, like, wow, I got to dig more into Sony Michelle. Oh, yeah, man. You see him against, obviously, Alabama is the closest thing you're going to get to an NFL defense playing in college football. And he looked fast, and he looked explosive. Where I mean, whereas Nick Chubb would look more like a grinder in that yes. game. You know what I mean? We'll get to him next. Right. Uh yeah, so despite being always a timeshare running back, pretty much, he finished third all-time in Georgia-Russian history with 3,638 yards. He is a true three-down running back. Now, some people might have the misconception about Sony Michelle, where, like, oh, he's a pass-catching running back. Likes to get he is he is in-between-the-tackles mm-hmm. runner. That's his strong suit, people. Right, right. All right? Going to his pass game or thinking he's one of these, like, oh, pass-catching running backs – that is not the case whatsoever. Pump the brakes on that. He's an in-between-the-tackles runner, and he's a three-down running back. Now, yep. listen, who do we usually get excited about? Three-down running backs. Three-down running backs. Because it gives you the best potential to get fantasy points because they're on the field and third down increases their pass-catching potential. To do that, you have to be good at pass protection. Sony, Sony Michelle is good at pass protection. Um, I saw him pick up some good outside defenders. They're going to be drafted pretty high in the NFL draft, and he held his own there. So he does that very, very well. He can run between the tackles. He hits the hole with the quickness, man. His patience behind the line, good. Vision, great. Finds that open hole, gets up field, shows great wiggle, shows great cutback ability, uh, showed great hands coming out of the backfield. Quality there, picking up blitzes. Uh, I mean, when I saw it on tape, was a guy that, you know, he's he's one of those guys that makes the subtle moves. That that gets him extra yards and and makes him almost like one of those slippery type of running backs where he's never taken a full on blow from a guy either, which is real. I mean, really that that speaks to the longevity, you know, uh, um, of his possible career in the NFL. When you're not taking the big hits, you're 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 doing just enough to wiggle and get those extra extra few yards where you're falling forward and you're not taking the full on blow from a guy. Yeah. So I saw a lot of that, and 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 he has the ability to. Obviously, he he's very quick in and out of his his little subtle moves and and the cuts that he makes. So his he doesn't he doesn't great. he doesn't lose speed and he's got great burst. So I mean the the long speed you're you're like you kind of question whether or not the guy's fast with a four uh, four point five four. But there are, the NFL's riddled with running backs that ran in the four five range and and they're fine and they play faster on the field and and he mm-hmm. definitely falls into that category for me. Four five four is fast. Four five four is fast. Absolutely, it's not the four four that Saquon Barkley ran. But there are guys that that run fast down a line yes. that are that are good track runners. And then there's guys that are fast on the field. And Sony Michelle is very fast and very quick on yeah. the on on the field when you're watching the tape. 
Jerry Rice ran a four six. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, his balance after contact, tremendous. And you mentioned, like you said, the way those little subtle movements. There's a couple of running backs in here that do that really well. Rashad Penny does that mm-hmm. extremely well. Yeah, he does. Those little subtle movements that kind of avoid the big hit. Yep. Rashad Penny might be the best running back in this class at that aspect. And Sony Michelle does that very well in between, like I said, just all those little just things in, that he does. in the hole, just a little, just a little shake where you're, where you just, you're almost just, you're just changing your direction by maybe six inches, but that's all it takes sometimes to just get through the hole and, and not take a big hit. And you just kind of slide forward for a few more yards instead of taking a hit and falling backwards. He'll get in there. He'll move the pile. Yeah, uh, yeah, in between tackles against member Alabama, moving a pile for not for for a guy that's two hundred fifteen pounds, which you know two hundred fourteen pounds, not the hugest guy ever. Um, but for me, that's a right around the cutoff for me where you start to question whether a guy can do a workhorse type of uh-huh. thing. Um, for me, two hundred fourteen pounds is enough, and, and from what you see on tape, he can definitely do what you're saying, which is push the pile and and play with grid leverage. Once Tremendous burst on the outside edge, there. great yep. and great balance getting out there too. A lot of like what we saw there out of the like we mentioned Cream Hunt, we liked to have him last year. The way he did a lot of those outside runs where I watched like the one thing last year that Cream Hunt that really made me propel him up is when he got a hit was the balance and the way he would be able to get outside and toe that line many times while while getting hit here and there. And I saw Sonny Michelle do that as well. Oh yeah, on the, a lot of. Tape I can here. picture the run that you're talking about when he when he got to the broke the sidelines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was tremendous. Yeah. Uh, so he's one of those guys that does everything really well to me if this was a different class you know maybe not last year's he's hands down the one one in a lot of these classes i just think with the way he can pass protect right the way that he can catch the football the way he can get to the outside edge the way he does run in between the tackles there's literally not anything here he he fumbles he has 12 fumbles okay he has 12 fumbles um lost five of them but he only lost two in 2017 and that's one of his big knocks there that he needs to, that he needs to work on is that, but for, for and that's the thing, man. I mean, I mean, you can't just you can't just poo poo that completely. That is he, a thing. He fixed it, but yeah, no, he I had know. twelve. He only lost. He only had two in twenty seven. I know, I know. It seems like he's on the right track, and and um, you know, he's he's fixed the issue. But that's something, you know, if that pops up again, especially you know, new league, blah blah blah, everything's moving a lot faster. Maybe you don't have the time to like focus on that every down. If that crops up again, it's it's concerning to any type of owner. You know what I mean? That. Because that'll get you sent to the bench, especially you know, depending on where you land. I mean, that could land you straight in the doghouse where where you don't even get another sniff of playing time. Agreed, but not not worried about it. I, I, I I'm not either. I I I'm, I think it's mentionable. I think no. I think you should have that in the back of your head a little bit when you're making the pick. Um, you know, come draft day, depending on where he is. So when I look at all those things we just talked about about Sony Michelle and Darius Geis, mm-hmm. and I calculate all those numbers in my head, and I look down the road in Dynasty, and I look at overall fantasy production, where this is where it gets me. When I said to me, it's not even close. To me, it's hands down, Sony Michelle is going to outproduce. Right? I see Darius Geis as a really good running back. I think he's to be. I think he's be a really good running back for an NFL team, like a really good running back for an NFL team. But when I'm looking at fantasy overall production, mm-hmm. I think Sony Michelle is going to be a really good running back for an NFL team, and I think he's going to be a really good running back for your fantasy football team. Where I could see Darius Geis finishing around running back 7 to 10 right around there, which is really good. Right, and is, you'll take that at 3, you know what is, I mean? Like that, that is really good, yeah, absolutely. right? Because it's hard – Here's the thing. Anytime you look, Matt, we've talked about, we've done podcasts on this. This is where I thought you'd be kind of agreeing with me on this. 
we always propose the guys like you know back in the, you know Danny Woodhead, yeah. Dion Lewis. Why Jarek McKinnon's gonna be so good in San Francisco? When you pay in a PPR league, these PPR guys have to be accounted for because they get so much more production, so many more fancy points. So can I can I pause you for a second because yeah. I, I was listening to the radio today and I, I um, Mike Vrabel was on the radio and they were talking about specifically about Deion Lewis and the guy was just gushing about how the, he totally saw him as a three down back. He loved the way he ran between the tackles and that he caught passes on third down. So I just wanted to throw that out to everyone who's a Deion Lewis owner right now. Um, look for him to maybe take on a little bit bigger role than people initially envisioned i know oh. that we i know that we oh, had talked you mean about what them. we talked about a couple weeks ago? yeah i know that we had talked about that but we're not and actually paying them that way we're not actually the coach of the titans and that was the actual coach of the titans i thing. love how people told me when i put that tweet out there too that Deion right. lewis is now the man you guys missed the opportunity to sell derrick henry when you did and you're like oh Deion lewis ain't gonna do anything oh yeah besides the point you know he had he had, was the number one running back in the nfl last year after x amount of weeks and you know that they're paying him like a running back one too so what do we know you yeah. know the tape the tape and the money must mean something else, but you must know something way better about Derrick Henry than we know because he had that one playoff game, worse, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Um, sorry, sorry, but going sorry, back, sorry to interrupt. Go so ahead. going back to so again, when I, so I was mentioning the pass catcher running back ability, mm-hmm. even guys, so guys like Deion Lewis, right? right. Mm-hmm. You know their value that that little edge, right, of the pass catching ability catapults you. The different we mentioned earlier, the difference between fantasy points of running back three and running back five isn't as much. So you're looking for that edge to get to that that higher running back, that that edge over your opponent to get a couple more points. How many playoff games or games have you lost in your league by one point, two points, right? So every single point does every matter. Every single point matters. Every edge that you can get over your point, opponent. The reason I like good tight ends so much is because for the most part, there's only a handful of good tight ends, and your opponent usually doesn't have a good tight end. So if you have that elite Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, that gives you an edge, right? Totally. Uh, so a guy like Stoney Michelle gets the edge to me over Darius Geis. Of not only is, he, for me, is a three-down back 100%. Darius Geis is not 100% a three-down back for me, right? No, I, I agree. I, I don't see the pass protection as well as Stoney Michelle. I don't see the pass catching ability there. Not saying he can't do it. I just see it there now. So when I'm looking at it now – I'm taking Sony Michelle because I know he can do that now. I know what I'm getting out of him. I know what I'm getting out of him year one. And maybe Darius guys can do this, and maybe it might take – maybe he can do it year one, but maybe he has to work on it. Maybe it takes a year or two. Hashtag two- to three-year window. I'd rather take five years of Sony Michelle doing it than Darius guys being a good runner and then two years of him doing it. You know, or like a Tiki Barber kind of thing where he's, he's not getting many carries, like you said, because of the fumbling. It might be an issue there. But for me, Sony Michelle is locked in as a fantasy asset. Uh, some people want to comp him to Alvin Kamara and what he did, right? Now, Alvin Kamara to me is a little bit more explosive than I, him. I agree with that, yeah. So I will take Alvin Kamara in that aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. But look for that kind of boost in production where Michelle doesn't even have to come in and be the guy guy right away, right, to be fantasy relevant. Darius Geist has to come in and be the guy to be fantasy relevant, which I expect him to do. I was going to say, I would I would expect whoever drafts him to draft him to be the guy. I do, too. Because I, I think he profiles as a, as a as a the guy type of back. Agree, 100%. Yeah. It's just, again, I think Darius Geist fits the bill of a guy. He, you know, Even if he gets drafted over Sony Michelle, I understand that because I think he's an excellent, excellent yeah. NFL running back. He's everything I want out of NFL running back. But I think Sony Michelle could do every single thing that Darius Geist can do. And he adds a little bit more. Give me Sony Michelle over Darius Geis. 10 out of 10 times every single rookie draft. To me, he's number two overall without 
a single doubt in my mind. Lock him up. All right. Well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. We'll see. But for you, it's close. No, it's totally close. I'm not. I'm not. I in no way uh, throwing shade on on Sony Michelle here. Um, Darius guys, just for me, I've I've seen enough of him and in, in the limited amount of catches that he did have to say that the guy can catch the ball. He can catch the ball. He yes. can catch the ball, and it's just a matter of, of hey, if he goes to an offense that's going to use him in that way, I think that that solidifies him as my number two. And if he doesn't, there'll be a question, and and Sony Michelle may be able to leapfrog him. Okay, and like I said, I mean, so again, if we're going for upside, right? Like I said for you, that's what's kind of odd for me. Like we both like their run styles, we both like the player. I just don't understand why you wouldn't take the edge of Sony Michelle's for proven catching ability over Darius Geis's. Um, I, I, and more like I think the way he runs is kind of somewhat like I said. We I'm kind of that his run style kind of worries me a little bit. The next level. I, I understand that. I I I just enjoy watching Darius Geis a little bit more. I guess and I maybe that's maybe he's softening my heart a little bit. I don't I know. It. We all have those guys. Yeah. That we just like you know yeah, what I mean exactly. Like, I mean we Sony Michelle's that guy for me. I yep. love him. I mean I absolutely. I am borderline. Uh, there's always that one guy besides the top guy that you just become like overly in love with enamored yeah like last year was cream hunt for me yeah and yeah absolutely this year it's sony michelle I'll just take him a little bit higher yep next guy let's go to sony michelle's teammate nick chubb yep not a bad player now for me this is iffy right and i think we both we talked about this before and this is the same thing for both of us mm-hmm. rashad penny nick chubb a lot of dynasty rankings have nick chubb third overall I think we both agree we disagree with that, right? I, I yes, we. Yeah. I don't know how to answer that because that seemed like a very odd, oddly worded question. But yes, we both agree that I don't think he should be number three. Yeah, because we're we're in a whole other tier here. Right. I will say this: these two next two guys are in a tier by themselves. For me. I yeah, I totally agree with that. Also. So, Nick Chubb, Rashad Penny, I can see, come draft day, me flip flopping Rashad Penny and Nick Chubb. I can actually see myself today, after going through all this tape, taking Rashad Penny over Nick Chubb and moving Rashad Penny to my number five, four, four overall four. dynasty rookie. Let's start with Nick Chubb and why. Some obviously the biggest concern with Nick Chubb: five foot eleven, two hundred twenty-seven pounds. Surprising forty at four five two. Yeah, I, I would have expected watching the tape that he he would have ran probably closer to four six, but. High four fives, you know, or low four sixes. Matthew Betts, one of our writers, he's a physical therapist, wrote about an article on Nick Chubb. You can find DynastyNerds.com just a couple, I think, last week about his knee and injury and how sometimes long term that kind of injury can lead to, you know, arthritis. A shorter career, basically. And a shorter career. Yeah. A true three to five year kind of window. Now, at the same time, Frank Gore had double knee surgery coming into the NFL and the guy, he's the only running back that has not missed a game in the last three years. What kind of surgery? Was he tore his car- like, ACL, I think. But or, like cartilage damage is is really what leads yes. to um, this kind of stuff. I can't remember because it was 15 years ago. And I think I believe I, I read the article. I, I believe Nick Chubb he, he tore up his entire knee except his ACL. Everything but his yeah. It was, it was his, his ACL uh, was the only ligament still intact. PCL, MCL, LCL. He right. tore. It. ACL clean, which is good, though. I mean, that's good. I mean, he was one ligament away from having a completely dislocated knee, which is like what. What like Teddy had? Yeah, like, Teddy had like a completely dislocated. Every, Correct. Every everything was completely gone. gone. But it was a it was a gruesome injury from Chubb, and honestly, he has not come back full force yet. But it's a bad injury, so to come back. But is this year was pretty good year. The guy's a pure running back, Nick Chubb. He's got the smarts. He's got the size. He runs low. Shows really good balance as well. Shows pretty good vision behind the line. 
I was somewhat worried. We mentioned this before about him being able to get the outside edge. I didn't know about his speed with that. Right. He kind of cleared it up at the combine, which, again, maybe showing me he's getting a little bit better, a little bit better as, a, as, as it comes along here. His, his really good cutting ability. Uh, I like that behind the line. I mean, he had good explosion numbers too. I mean, I mean, twenty nine on the on the bench press, and then a, a thirty eight and a half um, inch vertical is is nothing to sneeze at. So uh, he does have some explosion that maybe didn't necessarily show up on tape, but um, it could be uh, you know a product of some of the the, the postseason type of workout stuff, and maybe he's he's regaining some of the explosion from the pre injury. For a guy his size, he moves laterally very smoothly. You know. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Consistent runner, mm-hmm. averaged 6.2 yards per carry. Uh, that was in 2017. Combine showed faster than we thought. Mm-hmm. You know, we had that down here. Mentioned in 2015, towards PCL, MCL, LCL. That's multiple ligaments out there. But, you know, it cost him some of his explosiveness, but that takes time to come back. Doesn't always hit the hole as quick as you'd like him to behind the line. Maybe, and maybe that's why he – maybe it's a patience thing. Maybe he's trying to be overly patient instead of just slamming it up there. Maybe that is why he doesn't look as fast on tape as um, Sony Michelle. Maybe Sony Michelle's a little quicker to the hole and through it, whereas as Chubb is kind of trying to pick his place. I'm not – I'm honestly – I'm trying to figure it out myself because what my eyes see is a guy that – I mean, he's not – I don't want to call him sluggish because that makes him sound really slow. He's not really slow. It's just that when I'm watching tape, and obviously you can watch the same games with Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb in them, Michelle just looks faster against the same defenses. It's night and day. It's night and day. So it makes him look slow. But I don't. I don't think Chubb is slow. Well, he doesn't. Have, and well, he also doesn't have like that second gear. That's you know maybe what, I mean? what it is. Maybe. He's kind of like a one-tone runner. And maybe you know what it might be. It might just be his like initial burst isn't as fast. His long speed may be similar. Getting up there. And maybe that's why he actually beat him in the 40. The long speed might be similar, but the actual initial get off and burst of Michelle is just better than Chubb. He's not extremely elusive. No, Chubb. he's not. Kind of like he 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 takes the hits, you know what I mean? Yeah. The 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 little the little subtle moves that Michelle does to to not take the big glant the, the hits and, and kind of falling forward, Chubb takes them. He's getting hit high, and he's getting, you know, I mean, it's not that he's getting pushed back, but he's not he's not necessarily falling forward for an extra three yards. Um, so I didn't see that kind of stuff out of him, which was, you know, obviously a little bit little bit disappointing um, when you're watching the tape of the two guys side by side. Was not used in the passing game at all. No. I mean, I think – I think in 2014 he he caught 18 balls, which isn't horrible. It's not great, yeah. but it's not horrible. And then the, the the next two years, Michelle was kind of the pass catching guy. I think he had around 22 to 23 both of those years. And then I think this year they even went to another guy as their pass catching mm-hmm. guy. I can't remember who the. I think it was like a freshman or something like that. So he's he doesn't hold value there, right? So that, that hurts. That that this is where him and Rashad Penny can flip flop for me because. Well, yeah, you Penny's know, on the complete opposite end of the spectrum yeah, there. Where you look at Nick Chubb and you go, okay, I had the knee injury. You know, am, is it end-all, be-all? No, but it's a flag nonetheless. Right. It is. Right? I, I mean, I, I would I would expect him to have a shorter career just due to the, you know, tearing up your entire knee basically except for your ACL. I mean, there, there was – I believe there was uh, a cartilage damage, which, which is really what – 
what stems, you know, the, the shorter Arth- career. Yeah, and arthritis. Arthritis and, so, and the shortened and career. And the knee yeah. pain. Yep. And, it, you know, once you have to get those knee surgeries, it's no, it's no, it's no bueno for the knees. No, I mean, you're, so you're dealing with constant, that. like, cleanup type of things and everything like that in every off season, And that'll just zap your your speed and explosiveness even more. So, like I said, even, it just it makes me worry. Like, okay, I might – if I'm going to go for the – the boom here, you know, I might take Nick Chubb's the, the name, right? Mm-hmm. He's the household name. He's the guy. He's second all time in Georgia history in Russian. That's the guy you want. When you get to Rashad Penny, you're thinking, well, you know, Denial Pumphrey, he ran for two thousand yards too. And I think that I think the Pumphrey uh cloud above Rashad Penny is what got some people like, eh, but right. when you really when you watch the tape, you're talking about two completely different runners. Uh, I mean t- I mean Pumphrey was like five foot six 160 yeah. pounds and two and different runners they're just totally i mean they're totally different backs 511 to 20 for for rashad penny so when nick chubb have an adp right now of one three ahead of sony michelle which we agree is wrong and i could see most likely i'm i totally see the dynasty community by the time we mentioned this last year by the time the nfl draft gets here i guarantee i made a bold statement i was like i guarantee by the time the nfl draft comes Everybody will have Kareem Hunt in their first round because right. at the time everybody had him in the second round. And I was sure like, did. "That's foolish, right?" Yep. I think by the time the NFL draft comes around, everybody will have Sony Michelle in this, their top three. Nick Chubb will be locked in as the number four back. Um, maybe some people will listen to this podcast and flip flop in with Rashad Penny as it is, and it depends where they get drafted. Because I can see Rashad Penny getting drafted ahead of Nick Chubb as well. Um, I think Nick. I think this year in this class. With with a good train hype train around it as well, I think right around here, right around pick one four, I'm seeing what kind of move I can make, right? I'm seeing if I can get you know I saw a trade come through today. Somebody asked me and they, and they pulled it off. They got they gave up Derrick Henry and one five and they got uh, Christian McCaffrey. Oh wow! Yeah, oh that's what I said. I was like, yeah. do it, do yeah. it. He's like, well now he yeah, wants Derrick Henry. I'm like, yeah, do it, dude. Like who cares about Derrick Henry? I don't. Yeah. That's a that's a that's one of those wayside things you don't even care about. I'm looking to see if I can pull one four, and maybe something else into. I'd give up one four and two four for Christian McCaffrey. A hundred percent, right? Uh, without a hesitation, nope. I'd yep. give up. I'd give up one four for Joe Mixon. Yeah, I would. Right, and you 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 think you could easily get one four for Joe Mixon right now? Say after come up this year last year. Yeah, yeah. Some people will be truthers, but I bet you could do that. But I'd give up one four for Joe Mixon. I don't have a problem with that because that's. I mean, these guys are. They're good prospects, you know, the Chubbs, the Pennies, but I think last year's class was really special, and and I think those guys would be higher than them in this class. What if you get Corey Davis for 1-4? Yeah, I'd do that. I mean, this isn't a special wide receiver class by any means. You're not going to be able to find a guy like like Corey Davis in this draft. So for me, Nick Chubb falls in the lines. Kind of we mentioned Darius Geis. Darius Geis, to me, is a good running back. I think he's a good fancy running back. I think Nick Chubb's a good running back. So do I. I think he's a pretty good fantasy running back but he can fall into the lines of like know what nick chubb reminds me of honestly and this is not going to float over well he reminds me of rookie year really good in washington alfred morris oh ugh you know a guy who's not catching footballs yeah but rushing he rushes for 1200 yards everybody loves him remember that everybody loves him and he did not catch a ball. Didn't catch any ball. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nick Chubb comes in, rushes for 1,100 yards. Everybody loves him. You feel your draft pick is fantastic. Next year, rushes for another 1,100 yards. Maybe, you know, maybe 1,200 right around there. Pretty good. And then everything starts to kind of fall apart a little bit. On yeah. You, you never know? never really busts past that running back two status into the running back one realm, and then he just fades. 
Yeah, like I could see that because I mean, he, the way we're talking, and and you know, the knee is definitely bothersome. I could see him having a shorter career. Yeah, so, I could see him having like a five-year solid career. Yeah, you know, a, a consistent. All right. Running back two. Yeah. Falls in that uh, study done by Jacob Butner uh, for us, where like only a handful of running backs have more than one running back season. Right. As it is hashtag two to three year window where the stat is once you finish a running back one once the odds of you doing it again are very, very slim. Yep. Only the elite do that. Right. Most, most guys settle into that running back two category after yep. that. And Nick Chubb finishes one of these years in his career as a running back one. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, he's pretty much like a, either to a high end to even possibly low end running back two because maybe misses a couple of games here and there because he's banged up because of his running style where you're happy to have him. You start him, which again, this isn't a knock on him because that's those are you need those guys to win championships. But he's not the guy that's going to help you be like, oh, yeah, the richest team's the team to beat. Look oh, at him. Yeah. He's got right. Alvin Kamara and Le'Veon Bell. Right. How the hell do you pull that off? It's like you got Nick Chubb. You know, I'm trying to think of like, I think the Alfred Morris comp. That's why I like the Alfred Morris comp. You know, it's like, it's, it's I told you, it's gross to think about. Right. But that, for that year. Well, because you, uh, you immediately just think no reception. Like, that's what goes into my head. I'm like, oh, no. He got like, no, zero reception. That's None. what I think of Nick Chubb. I don't yeah. see any. What there, what tape do we have to possibly show this guy's they have any faith of him catching the football? For a team that likes to throw to the running back as it is. Right. You know what I mean? No, they, it's, it's, they use every excuse not to. Is it because he. They, they had better options or just because he couldn't – that's not his strong suit. Right. Listen, some running backs have that, aren't that strong. Adrian Peterson, one of the best running oh, backs of terrible. all time, yeah. was not a pass-catcher running back, and they didn't ask him to do that. He had to, like, really work on that to get to the point where he was, like, serviceable, the like, the one year. You know, <laughs> like, that was it. So, I mean, if we're going to sit here and knock Derrick Henry the way we do, right. we have to, concern, have to have a concern about that about Nick Chubb as well. No, right? I, I, no I agree. Um, so, I don't – I, don't, I think I think Chubb um, obviously isn't, you know – Six foot four, and the same. He's not exactly the same as Henry. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about we. One of our big things is we knocked him because of his zero pass catching ability. So that worries about me, Chubb, as well. So there's there's concern there for me. Mm -hmm. I'll leave him here at number four overall for now. But I will tell you, it's four now. It's four A and four B with Rashad Penny. All right, let's move on to Rashad Penny, shall we? Let's do five foot eleven, two hundred twenty pounds, ran a four four six forty out of San Diego State. Uh, this guy is, you know, like I mentioned, is he, he's going to be 22 on draft day. Is he overshadowed by the Donnell Pumphrey coming out of that system? You know, San Diego state. I, I don't, I don't think so, man. For me, this guy led college football with 2,248 rushing yards and 23 touchdowns. Uh, at, at first this, this guy is stat wise tremendous yeah no i mean you look at the stats he over he averaged over seven you know 7.8 yards per carry his first Tw- time starting 23 touchdowns added you know a nice amount 19 receptions for 135 yards in the passing game and another two touchdowns so i mean this guy that this is a guy that can find the end zone 25 touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at you yeah. know so and, and he did it by carrying the ball 289 times so you know he can handle the workload he's he's got a he's a good size back at 220 pounds and he ran a really respectable time. He, he ran a better time than I expected in the 40, 4.46. It's not that he looked slow. I just, I was, I wasn't sure what he looked like or what I thought he was going to run in, in a straight line. This guy, his size is great. Yep. Um, for him, for a running back, his vision to me is tremendous. Yeah, we I, mentioned the way Sony Michelle right. is elusive. This guy is just as good as that, if not better at those little subtle movements that he makes his vision 
is fantastic. He sets up his blocks very well. He's got really good lateral agility. He showed how not to take that big hit with those with those little slight movements, which is a lot. That really is. That's the difference between you missing a week because you're banged up and not being banged up, right? Right, right? Little things like that are huge when it comes to the next uh, level. I mean, he did show he, he was good in the passing game. But a lot of stuff he ran was like simple routes to set up. You oh, know? right, right. There, there, um, he wasn't. He wasn't. You know, splitting out wide and running wide receiver routes or anything like that. Yeah, but. good hands. Only lost two, three fumbles. He only had three fumbles. Only lost two of them on 327 touches. Led the nation in force missed tackles with 80. Yeah, which doesn't surprise me. That that speaks to that little bit of elusiveness as well. The people aren't getting the big blows. They're not. They're not getting the 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 shots right at his torso or anything like that. That'll take him down. Um, yeah, he's an all-around talent. He he kind of reminds me, like again, going back, like Kareem Hunt, kind of like that balance that he has, like that. He's not as good. I w- you would think a really good pass catching back, but his hands. I mean, he did have a couple drops here and there, but I definitely saw a couple on tape where where even he he was like ah, you know, like smacked his hands yeah. together, like what the heck. And the know? routes were simple, so right, right. But at least he's somewhat viable. Like we saw something there. I, but I also saw him make like awesome catches too. I mean, behind like th- passes thrown like two yards behind uh-huh. him, where he had to like reach back and grab with one hand. So, um, I, it was a little bit of a mixed bag there. Yeah, pass protection not that great. No, I would, I wouldn't. I would say that's something you know. A lot of these guys have to work on that, but um, obviously, I don't think he was asked to do it much, or, or and he didn't really excel in it. So he he again he falls in that category of a really good solid running back. The yeah. way the way he sees the field, the way he's got that little jiggle to um, that step to him for a guy his size run that speed, it's pretty impressive. No, it definitely is impressive. I came away. Um, the the more I watch, the more I seem to like him. We'll put it that way. Yeah, and I, I st- and I still have a few games to get through. I haven't gotten through everything of him, um, you know. So he might end up start. He might end up creeping up above. I agree. I mean, we, I felt circumstance to that because we went we, when we did our way too early mock draft back in February. We said, yeah, he ran for two thousand yards, but so did Don- Donnell Pumphrey. Right, right, right. So right. We fell right. Into I that. use that same excuse, but right. act, act, actually going back and watching this guy run, it's like, dude, this guy's an NFL running back yeah he is legit man it's not like he's running through these trucking lanes or anything like that and he's just every down he you know he doesn't get hit till he's 10 yards past the line of scrimmage i mean this dude's creating on his own Um, yeah i agree i i like him a lot like i said i'm i'm willing to move him ahead of nick chubb i want to see where they both land um if rashad penny lands in an equal circumstance I want to see who their pass catch running back is, you know, as well. Right. No, I, that'll definitely I, play. I want to see, but these guys are very close to me. We, I think we both agree on this 4A and 4B at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely with the option to change here. We we definitely have way more concern about Nick Chubb than we do about Rashad Penny, which is, again, remember that one year we talked ourselves, we had a guy ranked, and we talked what we talked about it, and then literally on the podcast we changed our yeah, rankings. Yeah, we're like, oh, we're like, forget this. this guy what are we doing? This guy's better. <laughs> yeah. Like, even again, I was sitting here, like, talking about it out loud, like, not writing down my notes, mm-hmm. not watching the tape. It's kind of like, why don't I have Rashad Penny ahead of Nick Chubb? Like, why don't I? I mean, it seems like it would make sense to have him above it, but. Because uh, they're, they're both good running backs. Yeah, they are. You know what I mean? I mean. And Nick Chubb, we're going off his of his freshman tape. That's what I think. Nick Chubb just has we have that overall dynamic runner in our head. Like we've been th- we've been talking about Nick Chubb for three years. We have been. Yep. Rashad Penny, we've been talking about for twelve months. Probably less than that, but yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. Probably less than that, even. So, mm-hmm. I think that might that stigmatism there might be like okay, you know, let's that's that's why we do it. Where I think maybe in this circumstance, the best choice would be Rashad Penny for your dynasty team. 
I mean, he's probably a, a more well-rounded back, and, and yeah, I, yeah, I think I think he's probably going to end up being above Nick Chubb by the end of it with me. Me too. That we sit here. So we're at fifty-nine minutes. So let's actually instead of doing seven running backs today, let's do one more. Yeah, shall sure. we? Yeah, and then we'll pick up where we left off next year. So this will probably be a three-parter most likely because there's a couple more guys want to dig in just the same. Um, now we slightly differ here. We're going to do Ronald Jones out of USC. That's part I, of me, yeah. I can I completely disagree on this wholeheartedly. To be honest with you, I could see bumping a couple other of these running backs out of Ron uh, Jones. Uh, guys like you know Royce Freeman, John Kelly, uh, Hines. I mean, these are guys that could potentially jump him here as well. And I and I don't I definitely don't even have this spot solidified either. We just kind of came up with guys that we were going to consensus c- consensus that we were going to go with, and and I'm not sure that he's going to end up being this high. Okay, but for now, you have him as your number. Uh, six overall fantasy running back. I I had him six, you know, out of the seven that we were doing. Okay, <laughs> I have Karrion Johnson here. Right, right. Let people know Adam Auburn. We'll talk about him next week. Will be the first one to maybe talk about, it, and I'll explain to him you guys why I do like him more than Ronald Jones. Why I actually like him significantly more than Ronald Jones. So let's get into Ronald Jones, shall we? And I'm gonna tell you all the reasons why I don't want him on my dynasty team. Gotcha. Uh, USC, five foot eleven, two hundred five pounds. Supposedly, like, yeah. <laughs> no, he he actually he legitimately ran. You know, he weighed in at that, but I'm not sure how real that was. It's uh, 205. Even 205 is not good. You watch the guy on tape; he looks like he's about 195 pounds. That's a huge problem. Yeah, that, no, okay? it definitely is. He ran a four six five forty. In his defense, and I'm not, and water. I and I drink all that water. I, probably in his defense, he he pulled up lame halfway in the middle of yeah. that. Basically, he was hobbling down the thing. What and still ran pro, a four six. Was pro day at USC? Well, his pro day they had they had his for their first pro day, and he didn't run again. He's still not 100. percent And he's going to have a, a second pro day, I think, right before the draft. Okay. So but we'll we'll know a lot better. He's he, better than a four six five. He's definitely faster than we'll a four six. That. He he literally hobbled in a four six five. Okay. So I mean, he's definitely he'll he's he'll he'll probably end up in the four four, four range. Yeah, uh, if, you know if you if you try to judge just by looking at what. So he's let's talk run. about some good things here about Ronald Jones. You know, he's uh, six point one yards per carry, top five in USC history. He's great at planting his foot and getting upfield. Fantastic at mm-hmm. it. His agility, phew, fantastic. Yeah, he's got he, he's de- he's definitely he's explosive. Probably stops and starts on a dime better yeah. than anybody in the draft. Yeah. The way he could stop and start a draft. Great cutback. 50 missed tackles in 2017. Um, explosiveness in space is his best asset. Big play waiting to happen. Now. Just depending on if he doesn't get hit. I'm already done. <laughs> now, I'm already done with him. Okay? Yeah. With his, with his lean figure, this guy has – you. When people describe this guy like Jamal Charles because he has the dreadlocks and he wears that number, it drives me absolutely freaking insane. Well, like, I think it's I think it goes farther than that. I mean, I think they're both slightly they're slight built guys. Slight. Okay, Jamal Charles' number one asset out there too was his pass catching ability. Like he was a great pass catcher. Rhino Jones is is as he offers nothing in the passing game. Fourteen receptions last year. Well, Lottie freaking die. Good for you, turd. I see you drop balls left and right. Okay. He drops a lot of balls, all right? A lot of balls, okay? <laughs> he's, not, he's not built for the porn industry because he ain't keeping anybody uptight, all right? He's not underwear, all right? <laughs> he's boxers. He's not boxer briefs, okay? Think, b- balls are going everywhere, all right? This guy is – his vision's not the greatest. I saw him run into the back of his offensive line 
multiple times. I, I definitely, I definitely saw that as well. And overruns his blocks. He's he, he he's not really great in, with contact either. He's not good in pass protection whatsoever. No, he gets bullied in pass protection. Uh, goes down very easy, easily. Um, I saw a stat from Graham Barfield. One of the lowest yards created per attempt and missed tackles forced per attempt. Now his also offensive line wasn't that great. Either. No, it uh, was not. I will say you that you have to give you have to put that as a caveat. And he ran for fifteen hundred yards, over fifteen hundred yards. Okay, but listen to me. People are saying this guy is a first round running back. I think I think he's going to end up being a first round running back in a lot of drafts. And I think it's going to no, be no, 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 in the NFL draft. Oh, in the NFL draft? Yes. Oh no, that's crazy. That's I, out of your goddamn mind. Yeah, that's crazy. This guy is he doesn't a, do enough to be. He's a, a one-dimensional player. Yeah. Like what? Do you, I don't even want this dude on my dynasty team. Yeah. I literally want nothing to do with him. If I'm an NFL team, I wouldn't touch Ronald Jones before the third round. <laughs> Maybe yeah. even like the fourth round. Yeah, you have much so, better options. You do. Out there. You do. You have more well-rounded guys. I think. Yeah. I. Yeah. I he's explosive, so I I understand why people are are enamored they see the big plays and they they want that on their team um but for me that's a little that's a little bit too unpredictable and i think in the nfl they're harder to come by obviously in the the college game you see 80 yard runs a lot yeah how i mean you see 80 yard runs two times a week you know throughout the college season you see oh so-and-so ran for 80 yards so it's do you see that in the nfl do you ever see an 80 yard run in the nfl maybe if you're lucky one per week one one no like two per year i mean you you never see 80 yard runs no i mean that just that just doesn't happen man i mean you see like 30 yard runs maybe and that's considered like a big run in the nfl it's a it's a different league and and the explosive runs that you know that ronald jones is making in the nfl i think they're going to be really hard to combine especially especially with the fact that he can't run through contact no he can't run through contact whatsoever yeah uh he's he is one of those guys where you are going to be worried about putting him in your starting lineup. Oh, yeah. And I think maybe in your rookie draft he's worth a gamble right around pick 10 through 12 in this draft And that's class. why I said I think he's going to end up – I thought you were talking about the first round of – No, of I, I would give him dynasty that because of the upside. Yeah, a, a guy yeah. like him, if you scheme him correctly, right, and perfectly, and he can get – a little bit better at a couple things, you know, with his vision wise and whatnot, and you know, letting his bo- blocks actually set up for himself. You know, he might hold like some running back two value, but the, where where he's gonna go? I'd rather just have Dallas Goddard, dude. I'd rather just take one of these receivers. You know what I mean? I'd rather take uh, Equanimous Saint Brown. You know, and good like pronunciation. His, you know, I'd rather take him. With his upside, right? No, I, no, I totally. Yeah. I'm, now I'm back to the point of my old school style, of saying, "Okay, I'm gonna build around young receivers." When it comes to a guy like Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones didn't go too high in your draft, all right? Oh, and, I'm I'm very confident I'm not gonna have any Ronald Jones shares and not, after watching it. But there, there's not many players. Listen, there's not many players. We've been wrong about a couple guys. We were wrong about um, uh, Juju Smith. We were mm, wrong about him. Definitely. Right. Hands down, we were wrong about him. Yeah. Uh, I won't say we're overly wrong about Devin Funches, but I'll eat that one too. You know, it took him a while, but I'll eat Devin Funches. Sure, we were really yeah, wrong he's about coming him. around. Yeah, but for the most part, there's always one guy that goes in the first round of every rookie draft that we tell you, "Hey, this guy's going to go to the first round of every rookie draft. Don't draft him." 
Last year, it was uh, John Ross, and it was... Mm, I uh, yeah, I can't remember. Else Somebody else. It was John Ross because we were about him. You know, my biggest thing was saying, "Hey, he pulled up. Bl- he gets hurt all the time. He pulled up blamed or his forty. He's gonna get hurt this year. Watch. Right. The guy got hurt. Never. Even, he played one down and fumbled. <laughs> uh, the year before that was Derrick Henry. <laughs> this year, for me, it's Ronald Jones. All right, I can get on. I mean, I can get on board with that because I I think there are better options. And listen, guys, I'm, I'm telling you, we say this every year. Okay, and maybe it is okay. But the juice is not worth the squeeze where he's going to go. This guy's going to go pretty high in a rookie draft. Right. He's probably going to go anywhere from pick six to – because he's going to probably be drafted somewhat higher in the NFL draft than he should be. Um, he's probably going anywhere from pick six to pick nine in your rookie draft. And that's way, way too high, That's fellas. That's definitely too high. Don't make you're, – if you're going to gamble on a running back that has so much risk like him, I promise you that you can get that same risk in the second round of this year's draft. <laughs> Just wait. Get a Kellen Blage, get a Royce Freeman, get a, you know, somebody, you know, somebody yeah. else. Take a game on a guy that's real small and elusive like Edith Smith or, you know, Hines or Chase Edmonds, you know. Uh, Bo Scarborough has some good – Mark Walton we mentioned, where his combine was terrible, but the tape looks pretty good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mark Walton you get in the second round. I'd rather gamble on Mark Walton than Ronald Jones. So would I, I mean? because he actually – he's a smaller back that, that actually runs angry and, like, actually plays bigger than his size instead of a guy that's 205 pounds and, and goes down like, you know, Yeah, so like when, nothing, you, when so, you told I mean, me that you had Ronald Jones ahead of Kerry Johnson, I almost threw up a little bit. Because to me – Well, that's just because I didn't that I Kerry Johnson. And listen, I'm not saying Kerry Johnson's great, but if I'm looking for upside, listen, Kerry Johnson is a three-down – has a potential to be a three-down running back, all right? He has that potential. Listen, Karrion Johnson can pass protect. Ronald Jones can't protect pass protect a kite. No, he, no, he couldn't. Okay. He's pretty bad, man. So just on that alone gets it to me. And plus, I like those long strides that Karrion Johnson has. I like him. But we'll he's get into them next yeah, week. Yeah, right. We'll stop, stop. We'll get into them next week. He's too. He's too. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, again, so again, Ronald Jones, I don't have a lot. I mean, he's explosive. His, his stop start ability is great. But remember, that's all hunky dory in college. There's way better athletes in the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right, their safeties are better. Their cornerbacks are super, be- super, super. They're good. super better. They're gonna get. They're super better. They're gonna catch <laughs> you. All right, you're not. Ex- you're not as fast there. So yes, he's explosive. Uh, he's he's got good you know agility, but he is not long for your fantasy team. No, he he just. Uh... I just don't think the big players are going to be there as easily in the NFL as they were in college. Yep. That's what it, that's what it boils down to for me. So as of today, uh, those are our top six fantasy dynasty rookie running backs. Uh, I will take Ronald Jones off that list. We just profiled him for you there. He is not in my top six. Uh, I guess I'll put him in seven for right now, but I guarantee I'm going to start watching a couple of these tape guys. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have him than Ronald Jones. Oh, I, I, no, I guarantee a guy like Royce Freeman or somebody like that's going to jump over. Oh, yeah. you know, I've, I've watched a, probably two or three games of Royce Freeman. I was going to say, I like him more. I've watched a little bit of Royce Freeman yeah. as it is, and I'd take Royce Freeman over Ronald yeah. Jones in a heartbeat. Me so too. that's just me. So, again, I'm here advocating right now, early on March 26th, 27th, whatever day it is, don't draft Ronald Jones. Don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that reaches for Ronald Jones. So that's it. Yeah, if you're going to reach, reach for yourself. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Happy endings. Don't be creepy, man. What? Just we you. almost dodged a whole show without you being creepy. I can't help myself. I know. I'm, I'm a bad person. Uh, <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Uh, remember, tons of good conversation going on our Facebook group page. 
Uh, basically, it's just full of 1,500 people talking Dynasty nonstop. Ton- literally, 100 questions a day go 1500 up. 1,500 and growing, you mean? 1,500 and growing. That's you can join right. that group by clicking going to DynastyNerds.com. Click on the group chat, sign up, join. We'll let you get in there. Uh, you can post polls. People do it all the time. Yeah, people are answering them. It's a great. I mean, yeah, it's a great way to you know get a get a feel for a trade or something like that. I want to give a shout out to all our listeners as well. We did it, Matt. We did what, Rich? We reached over five hundred reviews on uh, iTunes. No way. Yeah, we did it. I tweeted out. So thanks to everybody. We did the most thing I'm having about love you, you guys is we did it with by maintaining a five star review. Nice. So I think I give that all to you. That's all credit to you. C- credit uh, to me? Yeah, it is all credit to oh, you. Oh, thank you. Couldn't have done it without you. I appreciate that's that. for sure. It's about time uh, I got a little bit of credit around here. But no, we really do appreciate that, guys. That's to, that For us, it is kind of a big deal. I mean, it you is, get 500 definitely. reviews on iTunes, that's pretty yeah. good. I mean, most podcasts don't get that many reviews. So if you take the time out of the day to do that, we're at 508. Uh, we have nowhere to go but up. Shout out to all my friends and family. Thank you for all those reviews. We really appreciate them. <laughs> all 506 of you. <laughs> <laughs> we... O'Hara's really like to breed. Uh, so, yeah, now, obviously, we only have one more to go now, and that's 600. But I won't push it hard. Don't push hard. I'll no. always just occasionally say, if you like the show, just take the time and leave us a rating review. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it. It helps the podcast in more ways than you would possibly know by keeping us on top of the charts. Um, I sent out some cranberry shirts. Uh, don't have really many of those left now. Because awesome. I said, if you want one, directly message me. Yeah. A couple people did. Got rid of them. Sent nice. about 10 of those bad boys out there. Uh, gave away a couple of red shirts. I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say. You mentioned to me that you gave away a couple of red ones, right? Gave away a couple of red shirts. Um, and you know what? To celebrate being over five hundred shirts uh, reviews next week, me, you and I will talk while we're out here about to pump some iron. Uh, how to give away a shirt for next week? We'll give away another shirt. I mean, I feel like maybe we should tie it to the reviews somehow. Hmm. Maybe go through our reviews and pick somebody. That's and, so hard to do. Yeah. But we have. I mean, our reviews go back four years. Somebody could be dead. That left us review. Well, I hope not. Me too, but it's possible. I guess it is. Or maybe now that maybe we said something, maybe they love Derrick Henry and they're related and no longer listen because they hate us. <laughs> Good point. So it's kind of hard. I thought of that before. Good point. All right. All right. I was, just, I was just tossing around ideas. Some people, I guarantee some people that left us review five stars two years ago might hate us now. They could. I mean, we don't need them anymore. I mean, doubt it. But. I doubt it too. <laughs> With a sultry voice like mine. How I mean, you obviously. Enough? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, next week we'll give away a shirt, maybe two. Yeah. I think we might be down to give away two shirts, two I red think shirts. So. Right? I think so. We'll give away two shirts. We'll figure out a fun way for that. It's a uh, celebration. Last just... chance. We had a lot of people. Now, this is not last chance like a lot of people didn't do. I had over 100 people asked to be in this league with me. I am doing a startup league. Uh, it's going to be me, our buddy Walshko, who's never done a Dynasty League. Oh, nice. He's like, hey, man, if you ever get a new Dynasty League, let, let me know. And he's going to get in this one as well. Um, I did pick four people off Twitter couple days ago okay. just randomly i was at home i was bored i was like you know, i want to pick four people to be in this league with me uh but there's six spots left i'm gonna pick those people sometime this weekend no set time i'm just gonna randomly pick six people all you gotta do is tweet at me hey rich i want to be in your new league it might be super flex it might not i'm leaning towards super flex league just because kind of kind of gonna vote or you're gonna we're you're gonna, gonna just, vote on yeah it. yeah uh no kickers no do. defenses but uh it is $150 buy-in, and you do have to buy in for the first two years. So it is a $300 buy-in, but it covers your year next year. Just you know, I think when you start a league off, I think it's pretty, especially with random strangers. Yeah, it's nice to get two years yeah. just so everyone's committed for a little yeah. while. You have two people drop out. Right. Now we're lucky we have this platform for us to fill a league. It's it's not very. I hard. put a tweet out; it's filled in two seconds. So right. we're lucky, but for the most part, I still want those initial people to get in because after year two is when you really start to get some good commitment. So 
It is a two-year buying. All you got to do is treat me rich. I want to be in your new league. I'll like it. I won't even respond. That like means you're entered in. I'm literally going to a random number generator. I'm just going to pick some random numbers out of like 100 and countdown and yeah. you're in the league with me. I saw you did the, you did the video last weekend, right? I did and, do and the did video. It. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little fun. I want to make sure people saw it was really random. Yeah. That was for the nerd herd uh, entries, I believe. Because we had yeah. a couple spots. I believe. Same, that's the same thing, dude. That nerd herd league, a couple spots opened up. We had three people drop out. It's yep. been five years. Three people dropped out, filled all three spots immediately. Yeah, that's great, man. Now they're good teams. Yep. So I haven't had to fill a really bad team yet. But even then, people are even then, committed. Yeah, man, that's that's still a nice little challenge. So so tweet at me. We'll get in that league going. Obviously, if you want to buy Dynasty Nerds t-shirt, I think our stock's a little bit low, but get on there, DynastyNerds.com. We got those for you. And uh, anything else we've ever pimp on here I need to pimp? You know, get to the website. Uh, don't forget to click on that Amazon banner before you uh, shop on Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah. It hooks us up, yeah. Yeah. If you want to talk Dynasty rookies or explain to me why I'm wrong on my rookie rankings, you hit me up on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. Make sure you follow the site at Dynasty Nerds, and we'll be back next week for Rookie Running Backs Part 2. Part 2. All right, Charlie Sheen. Adios. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.